Hi, this is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. And today I have the great pleasure of uh, interviewing uh, Dr. Tadaki Nishikawa, who is from the Department of Medical Oncology at the National Cancer Center Hospital in Tokyo, Japan. Yeah. Uh, the topic of this uh, podcast is going to be a recent publication in the Journal of Clinical Oncology, and the title is Trastuzumab, the Ruxtecan for Human Epidermal Growth Factor Receptor 2, Expressing Advanced or Recurrent Uterine Carcinosarcoma, the Status Trial. Uh, Tadaki, thank you so much for, uh, for accepting our invitation, and uh, thank you uh, once again for, for your time, and congratulations to you and your team for the excellent publication of the Status Trial. Um, so, great to have you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much, and uh, it's a great honor uh, to invite me to speak in the podcast of AGGC. Uh, Excellent, uh, and and I have to say this is uh, uh, one podcast where I actually came to meet with the uh, with the author in his home country. So the podcast is being recorded directly here in Japan. Uh, yeah. Um, so let's start by uh, asking you if you can give us a brief. Um, a discussion or ideas to do what uterine sarcomas uh, and why is it different from its uh, carcinoma counterpart? Yeah, yeah. Uterine carcinosarcoma, UCS, is a rare and a highly aggressive subtype of uh, endometrial cancer, uh, classified as a part of sarcoma a little ago. And uh, its uh, practical characteristics are represented by the high recurrence rate and the uh, Poor sensitivity to cytotoxic chemotherapies. So let me ask you now: what, what is the current standard of care options for uterine carcinosarcoma in the recurrent setting? Yeah, uh, GOG one six one. It's a phase three trial demonstrated the efficacy of the combination therapy with alphosphamide uh, and uh, paclitaxel for UCS in two thousand seven. But the, the response rate was 45% and the median PFS was uh, 5.8 months. And uh, in 2022, GOG 261 phase three trial demonstrated the efficacy of the combination therapy with paclitaxel and calpurgin, which uh, satisfied the non inferiority of the TC therapy against the iphosphamide and the paclitaxel therapy. The response rate was not described, and the median PFS was uh, 12 months, and the combination therapy for, of uh, iphosphamide and the paclitaxel also showed the median PFS of 60 months and, uh, in the DOG, GOG261. However, uh, GOG261 uh, contained about uh, 100 patients with ovarian calcium sarcoma, and they also contain patients with stage one to two at uh, 46% of all participants. Therefore, we have to care about the difference in patients' backgrounds in regard to these two trials. And the TC therapy showed the favorite OS uh, regarding the stage three to four in UCS in the subgroup analysis. It is an important point. And uh, some phase two trials for UCS were conducted before, but most of them showed a response rate of uh, around only 5%. Great. And, and I want to just also clarify for our audience that uh, 
when uh, Tadaki is referring to UCS, it means carcinosarcoma. Uh, so that uh, I know that, you know, certainly, obviously, there's uh, many listeners from, from around the, the world. And, um, and uh, just uh, for this abbreviation, as is used through this discussion, we have that uh, clarification. Now, um, Tadaki, tell us about the rationale for targeting HER2 in carcinosarcoma. How often is HER2 expressed in these tumors? Yeah, thank you. I just kept searching for the molecular target for using uh, sarcoma because the development of new treatment for UCS is very difficult due to its rarity and uh, malignancy. Uh, some previous studies reported that uh, HER2 expressed in UCS about 5 to 50 percent uh, I'm sorry, 5 to 55 percent regarding to 2 plus or 3 plus. And one of these studies reported that the frequency of her expression 2 plus or 3 plus was 55 percent. Furthermore, uh, this study was reported by National Cancer Center in 2003. However, only six 16, only 16 samples were evaluated in this study. So we just evaluated the archived 84 samples of UCS at the National Cancer Center Hospital and presented them in ESMO 2016. In our retrospective study, uh, the frequency of heart expression is 32% for one plus and 21% uh, as uh, for uh, two plus and uh, 23 percent uh, for three plus respectively. Excellent. So now um, let's talk a little bit more about trastuzumab, the Ruxtecan. That's an antibody drug conjugate targeting HER2 with a topo-1 inhibitor payload. What's the rationale for using this in patients with carcinosarcoma? Yeah, yeah it's very important point. Uh, Fortunately, the phase one trial of uh, trastuzumab diluxtecan was ongoing in my hospital at that time. So as you know, the efficacy of TDXD, TDXD means uh, trastuzumab diluxtecan, uh, was amazing even in the phase one setting. Therefore, I and uh, Dr. Yonemori, uh, who is the chair of my department, thought uh, that the TDXD may be useful for patients with UCS, mm. but uh, there was no rationale regarding the efficacy of TDXD for UCS. So we have decided we have decided to make proof of this concept to conduct an uh, investigator-initiated trial, and uh, this idea led to the co-clinical study of TDXD in UCS, uh, published in the Clinical Cancer Research. Excellent. The, we established some PDX models with UCS and also evaluated the efficacy of TDXD in PDX models. So we had a rationale about the efficacy of TDXD for UCS. And uh, thanks to this rationale, uh, we, we, can, we could uh, negotiate with the pharmaceutical company. Excellent. Very well. So now let's talk about the status trial. Um, what was the trial design? Uh, and if you can tell us about the inclusion and exclusion criteria. The inclusion criteria and the exclusion criteria were very simple. The key inclusion criteria were undetectable and uh, performance status zero or one, 
HER2 IHC status over one plus, and the history of prior chemotherapy, which means TC or iphosphamide and paclitaxel, and like that, and over 20 years old, and uh, of course, measurable disease. The key include, uh, I'm sorry, the key exclusion criteria were active double cancer and uh, symptomatic heart failure and the uh, common criterion. Excellent. So now you uh, you mentioned the testing of HER2. There are two um, HER2 testing guidelines. What criteria did status use and why? It's very difficult. And uh, we adapted the ASCO CAP guidelines for HER2 testing for gastric as well as well gastric junction cancer because uterine cultural sarcoma shows a heart staining pattern similar to those of gastric cancer. As you know, the ASCO-CAP guidelines for heart testing for breast cancer or gastric as well or gastric junction cancer have been widely accepted and based on evidence from clinical trials and clinical practice. Gastric uh, adenocarcinomas usually uh, usually exhibit different heart staining patterns lateral, basolateral, uh, mem uh, membranous staining patterns. From those of breast carcinoma, uh, complete membranous staining pattern and the unique health scoring system for gastric cancer has been established and supported by clinical trial results. In endometrial cancer, uterine serous carcinoma reportedly exhibits uh, lateral, basolateral staining patterns. One of note, uh, one report recently uh, described the same lateral, basolateral staining pattern in the context of UCS. Furthermore, uh, a preliminary investigation revealed that the UCS frequently demonstrated a lateral, basolateral staining pattern. So therefore, we consider the possibility that the heart scoring system for UCS should be based on that for gastric cancer. Excellent. And um, you mentioned, you know, certainly we talked already about uh, what is uh, trastuzumab, the Roxacan. And uh, if you can tell us that there is another trastuzumab um, antibody drug conjugate, and it's called trastuzumab emtacine. Um, how is this different from the antibody drug conjugate that you use in the status trial? Uh, thank you. Uh, the biggest difference is the uh, antibody drug ratio. Uh, trastuzumab emtacine, TDM1, uh, its antibody drug ratio is four, but uh, TDXD is seven to eight. Okay, excellent, very well. And then um, you classified patients into HER2 high and HER2 low. Yeah. Is fluorescence in situ hybridization or FISH a criterion for inclusion in this trial? Uh, yeah, HER2 ADC has a distinct pharmacological model, mode of action from trastuzumab. Therefore, patients with HER2 low-level expression, uh, means their HER2 score one plus, may benefit from ADC. The ASCO-CAP guideline for HER2 testing include immune history, immune chemistry, and uh, uh, fluorescence in situ hybridization fish to screen patients uh, who could benefit from trastuzumab. Uh, concerning the different modes of action of HER2 ADC, we may require a more optimized uh, patient screening system that uh, uh, priorities had to IHG because fish detected had to gene amplifi amplification does not accurately predict had to ADC effectiveness. Okay, and uh, for just our audience, ADC is antibody drug conjugate. 
and used uh, in that abbreviation. Now, um, what was the treatment regimen and the duration of treatment in this trial? Ah, yeah. Uh, the initial dose of TDXZ uh, in the statistical trial was uh, uh, 6.4 milligram per kilogram and the IB every three weeks. But when about half of the statistical trial enrollment has been passed, the recommended phase two dose for breast cancer was changed from 6.4 milligram to 5.4 milligram per kilogram. After that, 5.4 milligram was adapted. And uh, we also modified our protocol to enroll the number of patients with, uh, with the 5.4 milligram uh, cohort as same as, as, same as the 6.4 milligram cohort. And the TDXD was administered uh, until disease progression or intolerable toxicity appeared. Excellent. And now, uh, Tadaki, can we talk about the primary and secondary outcomes? Uh, yes. Uh, the primary endpoint is uh, the overall response rate by the central review in the Hatsu high cohort, uh, which means the Hatsu 2 plus or 3 plus. And the, the, the secondary endpoints are the ORR. Uh, ORR means the response rate by the investigator in the Hatsu high cohort and the uh, ORR by the central and by the investigator in the Hatsu low cohort, which means uh, Hatsu 1 plus. And the PFS, OS, and uh, uh, safety are also included in the secondary endpoints. Very well. So now let's talk about the results of the status yeah. trial. What did you find? And uh, what are some of the highlights uh, of the study uh, that you want to um, raise for our audience? Yeah, I think the highlights of this study are the efficacy of TDXD. After standard chemotherapy and the efficacy of TDXD, regardless of the HATSU status. Uh, TDXD showed the ORR of 54.5% uh, uh, in the HATSU high cohort. This ORR is amazing. And uh, considering it was after standard chemotherapy. And uh, in the HATSU low cohort, TDXD showed the ORR of uh, 70%, which is also amazing efficacy. But unfortunately, we did not set the heart to zero cohort because the efficacy of TDXD for breast cancer patients uh, with heart to zero was unclear uh, when the study trial launched. Excellent. And ORR is uh, overall response rates for our uh, audience as well in terms of the uh, abbreviation. Now, um, did the drug have any effect in HER2 low patients? And if yes, how can you explain this? Yes, it's very difficult, but uh, uh, I believe so. Uh, I think there are two main reasons. One is the bystander killing effect, which allows TDXD to be effective even in tumors with heterogeneous Hatsu expression. Second is the heterogeneity of Hatsu expression. We have just reported the discordance of Hatsu expression uh, between primary and uh, metastatic lesions. We assessed uh, Hatsu scores between paired primary and the metastatic lesions, and the uh, intratumoral uh, heterogeneity occurred in 46% uh, of primary lesions and uh, in 20% uh, of metastatic lesions. So now this this uh, drug is uh, you know certainly for gynecologic oncology practitioners it's it's a new new drug. Yeah. Can you share with us what were some of the adverse events in the safety profile? Yeah. 
yeah, of course, yeah, we have to care, especially about the pneumonitis or interstitial lung disease. The frequency of ILD, ILD mean, means interstitial lung disease, may be different by race. And the statistics trial showed the relatively higher incidence of ILD compared to the previously reported food analysis of clinical trials for TDXD. And 27% uh, uh, in the statistics trial. Uh, however, uh, the frequency of ILD is usually 10 to 15%. Uh, similar high incidence, 30% was reported in Japanese patients with breast cancer treated by TDXD. This is the biggest issue uh, of TDXD. In addition, uh, nausea, anemia, white blood cell decreased, malaise, and uh, they, they, they are here, uh, common adverse events, but usually these side effects are not so severe. Okay, and then now, you know, how can you, you explain the relatively higher incidence of pneumonitis or interstitial lung disease compared to previous trials? And is there any way that one can foresee it and minimize it? Yeah, as I said, uh, uh, ethnicity, ethnicity, including Japanese or non-Japanese, maybe Asian or non-Asian, uh, should be discussed as factors uh, potentially associated with ILD. Of course, uh, we also have to make efforts to find biomarkers uh, potentially associated with ILD. Yeah. So now let's get to the limitations. What what do you see as limitations of this study? Uh, yes, uh, the key limitations of our study are the open level design, enrollment of only Japanese patients, hmm. and a mixture of results based on the two initial doses. And uh, we also evaluated uh, relatively small sample size. Absolutely. So now, given these findings, obviously, I mean, I, there may be some patients that will ask you as to whether they can be treated with this regimen. So how would you counsel a patient today mm -hmm. with uterine carcinosarcoma if she asked you about using trastuzumab, the Roxtecan? Uh, yeah, it's a very difficult question to answer uh, because TDXD is not covered by uh, Japanese insurance yet. Uh, in Japan. Mm. So I might answer like this. Uh, I will keep trying to make efforts to get an adaptation of insurance and uh, to make new evidence for uterine calcium sarcomas. So now, Tadaki, one last question I wanted to ask you. Um, what does the future look like in terms of research in uterine carcinosarcoma? Any other targeted therapy that looks promising in this population? Yep. Uh, I believe that the anti-hatsu therapy for uterine carcinosarcoma is one of the most promising treatments, not only TDXD. There are some other new drugs related uh, to hatsu targeted. As for uh, TDXD, I expect this ADC to become a more common treatment in patients with gynecologic cancer and uh, after that appearance of combination therapies with immune checkpoint inhibitors or something like that. So therefore, uh, we have to keep trying to make a new proof of concept for patients with gynecologic uh, malignancies. Well, Tadaki Nishikawa from the Department of Medical Oncology at the National Cancer uh, Center in, uh, in Tokyo, Japan, 
Uh, thank you so, so much for this time. And then we look forward to further news about this particular um, regimen. And uh, I want to thank you and congratulate you uh, once again on this publication and uh, on your colleagues as well in the effort of uh, uh, reaching this goal. Thank you. Thank you so much. And uh, I hope you enjoy uh, this trip in Japan. <laughs> Absolutely. Always love to be back in Japan. Thank you. Thank you so much.